0: You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, presented by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or your favorite local shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. Right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping... Make the choice to shop at local businesses. And look for the contactless symbol. Tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa. Everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Follow him on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going today? Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. Also, good. it seems like the uh it seems like the Titans are doing well. Uh some some good news from Tennessee camp. No more positive test. Looks like they might even get to play. I know that that game with Buffalo in week 5 was looking a little iffy. Things are looking better now. So hopefully that continues uh and you know maybe maybe week 4 will just be a blip on the radar by the time we're all done with this season. That would be great. That would be great. And
1: it sounds like they will be down a handful to, you know, eight to 10 players or so that are still on the list, but uh, maybe AJ Brown comes back and we forget about all those things. And we just think about football again, and we're getting more and more people in the stands too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Except in green Bay, they've, they've gone the other way, uh, which is, is not a bad, not a bad idea. I know it's, it feels good to see those fans in the stands. It feels Uh, normal and and that's really what we all want but i don't know well i don't know if it's the best we'll we'll see (laughs) we'll leave that up to to uh the higher pay grade and and we'll just talk dynasty value study that's what we do on wednesdays we dig deep into the dynasty value of a couple of players and matt so far in, in every one of these that we've done over the past few weeks we have focused on players who uh, seem to be rising and and gaining dynasty value. We talked Ceedee Lamb, and we talked we talked DK Metcalf. We talked uh, James Robinson. Lots of these players that are are off to hot starts. We're going to go the other way with at least one of our players today. Let's talk about DJ Moore. Not off to the best start.
1: No, uh, this would be a fun one.
0: Yeah. So just just taking a look at the numbers, DJ Moore so far, week two, he was the wide receiver ten. Caught eight balls for 120 yards. Other than that, he's given us wide receiver 49, wide receiver 53, and wide receiver 49 again this past week. So uh, not only disappointing for a player you drafted uh, as, a, as a top 12 wide receiver in Dynasty, maybe even higher than that, but not even startable, right? He's not even a wide receiver four for a 12-team league. Certainly disappointing, uh, we knew changes would come, new quarterback, new coaching staff. Uh, those those felt like, both of those felt like good things for DJ Moore and his production and his dynasty value. It, it, it seems like it's gone the other way. What have you seen out of Moore, out of the Panthers, out of Teddy? Uh, and what's what's really going on here? Yeah, this is a tough
1: one because I was all in on DJ Moore. And I'm not saying I'm not now. And in fact, I wrote an article you know, Coach Brady is now the offensive coordinator in Carolina. He comes from LSU, where Justin Jefferson was kind of the Michael Thomas, and he, he was with the, the Saints before LSU. And I thought DJ Moore was going to be the Michael Thomas, Justin Jefferson, slot, high-volume, tons-of-target guy. And he still might be. But I think part of it is Robbie Anderson's better than I thought. Curtis Samuel has a role. Teddy's been better than I thought, and that should work in his favor. And, you know, certainly the injury to McCaffrey hasn't benefited anybody besides Davis, who's filling in quite capably. And I think the offense is humming. I don't know that it's going to change a whole heck of a lot. But I also think this is a little bit fluky, too, because he's a good player. He is getting targets. I mean, that really hasn't been a problem for him and i think the production is yet to come
0: i i hope so i yeah, hope it right. is i hope that's the case and that we uh that, that we see something turn around no touchdowns through four weeks and and that was a little bit of a theme that we saw last year as well he he had the production he had uh plenty of targets he he was certainly the leading receiver for that team a year ago but he had trouble finding the end zone are you seeing anything there? Do you feel like that's fluky as well? I don't know
1: if that's fluky. I mean, his style of play, he may never be a double digit type touchdown guy. You know, I mean, he's very good after the catch. He's a great and underrated athlete, but he's not the most physical. He's not a jump ball guy. Is he going to catch a lot of bombs? You know, I mean, 80 yarder types, probably not. So I think he has to nickel and dime you a little bit. And I bet touchdowns, even if he goes on to have a great, great career, which he very well could, I don't know the touchdowns will ever be a strong suit.
0: Yeah, let's look at some of the numbers again. Most of these come from Dynasty League Football, DLF. Uh, his DLF rank, wide receiver 10. Uh, so still plenty of believers over there. He's, uh, he's between A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb right ahead of him, Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans right behind him. Uh, so it, it feels like even with Ridley being behind him, it feels like he could fall even further than that. Yeah. We've got some brand new ADP. Every, every Wednesday we've been talking Dynasty Value Study, and, and I've prefaced it with the, uh, with the fact that this ADP was preseason. We pull that ADP each month, so this is new October ADP based on the mock drafts that I run. He's still up there. He's wide receiver six, so he dropped one spot. He, he's right behind DK Metcalf. Uh, overall he's behind DK Metcalf and Derrick Henry in front of Joe Mixon and Chris Godwin. Uh, I really expected him to fall a little further uh, in, in that in, in that ADP, but the the value based on that is still there.
1: I mean, I still think he's superior to CD Lamb and way more startable for the near future. I'm sure Ridley'll go right past him even with a total goose egg on Monday night and he deserves to drop. But I mean, AJ Brown doesn't seem like he's dropped that much and he has been on the field.
0: That really surprised me. We'll get into our, our player polls that we run on Twitter in mm-hmm. just a moment. But uh, AJ Brown still seemingly commanding uh, plenty of value, despite uh, the injury and, and the time that he's missed uh, a few trades that have gone down with DJ Moore involved and looking at these, Kind of makes me want to send some offers. DJ Moore for Carlos Hyde in a first rounder. Carlos so Hyde eventually, uh, essentially, right, essentially just a, a throw-in or a roster spot. Basically selling more for one future first rounder. We don't know all the details of the league. Maybe that's the worst team.
1: Right. Uh, that, kind of that's that the too.
0: pick that belongs right. to the worst team in the league. Maybe that uh, looks like a high pick. Another one, DJ Moore for two first rounders. I still think he's worth that. I yes. uh, wouldn't wouldn't blink at, at, at paying that. DJ Moore for Jared Goff. That's in a super flex league. I don't know. That, that's a tough one for me, Matt. I know you're you're enjoying your super flex league. Goff or DJ Moore in that format?
1: Yeah, I mean, a guy like Goff has an awful lot of value. He's young. He's in a great offense. He's very startable still, especially when you're starting up to two quarterbacks. I still think DJ Moore has more value
0: yeah I, I kind of agree. Uh, last one, DJ Moore and Justin Herbert for Aaron Jones. Uh,
1: if that's not Superflex, I want Jones.
0: Yeah, that is that is not Superflex. yeah, that's, that's a one quarterback league. So uh, so again, e- every week I run some uh, a series of Twitter polls matching the player that we're focused on that week against uh, several other players at his same position. We've got about 10 wide receivers here. Some of them I was I was certain would finish ahead of DJ Moore, uh, but, but just kind of wanted to get the big picture. Overall, I'm shocked how low he is. Uh, in these polls, he finishes ahead of Mike Evans, barely. Mike Evans gets 46% of the vote. Juju Smith-Schuster gets 47% of the vote. DJ Moore was preferred to each of those players, all of the other wide receivers were picked head to head ahead of DJ Moore. So it's AJ Brown, fifty-two percent; Kenny Galladay, fifty-four percent; Terry McLaurin, fifty-nine. Uh, you said you'd you'd prefer Moore to to CD Lamb. The people did not agree. Seventy-two mm-hmm. percent. So wow. we see we see a big gap here. Seventy-two percent for Lamb, uh, Ridley Metcalf, Godwin, and Devontae Adams all above. Uh, seventy-five percent. So, so easy wins over DJ Moore and uh, some great names on there. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But if we, you know, if we take a step back to the off season, Moore was a guy who was being valued and and ranked and drafted as a top five dynasty wide receiver. And now we've got uh, at least eight names ahead of him. And we didn't include DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Thomas or uh, you know a few others that that could be ahead of him as well. So it, clearly the stock has fallen with this slow start. You already said you don't necessarily expect it to change. Um, I, I mean, if, if he and Robbie Anderson are, are basically kind of being treated the same as far as getting similar target, uh, similar number of targets, and Moore's is not going to get into the end zone, yeah,
1: that's a pretty strong it, point. <laughs> right? I yeah. Mean, I mean, Anderson's pretty good. I mean, I, I just think Anderson's a really good player. Isn't going away, and I'm not going to take back my statement about probably not scoring a ton of touchdowns. I think it gets better for more than it's been, but does he ever hit that big-time points-every-week type of receiver? Maybe not. I mean, you make a pretty compelling argument against them i think he's probably a strong wide receiver too
0: that's where i'm at as well and and he's not a player that i'm i'm panic selling i'm certainly right. not selling certainly not dumping him for a first rounder like we saw in, in that trade uh you know sorry sorry to whoever did that but i'm not making that move still gladly buying for a first and, and what i like that a second yeah i i think i'm probably buying for two first as well mm-hmm. uh, if if i think they're both late if they're non, if they're playoff teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I'm, I'm doing that because I, I do still think he's a valuable player. I think he, like you said, I think he's a solid wide receiver too. We probably just got ahead of ourselves valuing him as a, as a top five guy. And, and uh, I'm kind of looking in the mirror on that one as well.
1: Yeah. And he had a great year last year and won a lot of people, a lot of money, but maybe this is who he is, which is fine. We just probably got a little ahead of ourselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Matt, when we come back, we'll do our second value study of the episode. Uh, we talked about Nick Chubb and that injury yesterday, so we're going to see what everyone thinks about Kareem Hunt.
1: First, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. They've been a good friend of the Locked On Network. I've mentioned them quite a bit on the Peacock and Williamson show and Locked On NFL before that. And Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. I, I'm not... Uh, bashful about saying that at all. And the improved built Bo- Bar is even more delicious Sir, Uh, they got six new flavors coming out. Cookies and cream, caramel brownie, cherry barquea, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, appen- apple almond crisp. I have not tried any of these yet, but I am psyched to. That caramel brownie sounds really good to me. Um, Bilt Bars are, they're healthy. I mean, they don't taste like they're healthy. They're covered in 100% chocolate. Very soft and easy to chew. And it's not like that plasticky kind of chocolate. I mean, it's real good chocolate. And Built Bar is great for the health-conscious folks out there. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. So, for example, the, the peanut butter one, which is a big favorite in my household, has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Um, the cookies and cream one, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and they're very filling, to be honest with you. You don't need a lot of them to get you through the day. Um, real quick, though, Bilt Bar has reset the promo co- code for this relaunch, so if you got this information somewhere else off the On Network, be, att- be attentive here. That you get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last, and this only lasts for about a week or so, so we'll see how that goes, and hopefully you're one of the people that can get that cooler. But go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, all caps, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 10 bucks off at BuiltBar.com.
0: All right, Matt, let's get right into our second dynasty value study. Uh, Nick Chubb hurts his knee in week four. He's on the injured reserve. He is expected to come back this season, but out multiple weeks, at least three weeks. And this backfield now belongs to Kareem Hunt. He was already impressing before the injury. RB 24 in week one, RB 6, RB 22, and RB 13 over the past four weeks. So, uh, certainly startable and, and now with Chubb, uh, unfortunately on the shelf, cream hunt ceiling weekly ceiling is uh, is really as high as it can get um, what are what have you seen with him? do you expect do you expect still a shared backfield? We did see uh, we saw the backups come in mm-hmm. along with hunt nice in yeah. in week three Johnson. And uh, I'm blanking on the, uh, on the other guy. Yeah. Hillier, yeah. yes, yes, thank you. So we saw both of those guys get a, a little bit of run after Chubb went out. Are We We said we're getting too ahead of ourselves on DJ Moore. Are we getting ahead of ourselves on Kareem Hunt, locking him in as an as RB1?
1: No, I, I think he's, that's why in redraft he went pretty high. I mean, everyone in the world knew he was the best handcuff out there. He was flex-worthy with Chubb, without him. I think he's an every-week RB1, top-10 type of guy, maybe even better in the real world. I think he starts for at least half the league, if not more. Very accomplished in the the passing game. Has workhorse um, resume, you know, going back to Kansas City. He's shown that he can handle that load. Um, I do think Cleveland will remain one of the heaviest run teams in the league, so he's not going to get all the touches. I mean, he's not Superman. Those other guys who aren't real threatening, obviously, will get some some touches here and there. But I think Hunt's going to get the value ones, mostly as a receiver. And you know, w- when they're winning, when they're losing, it doesn't matter. He's a very good player, and. I guess the things we don't know is how long is Chubb out? That's been a little bit vague. Um, but in the meantime, you love him. And the other thing I wanted to mention with him, too, is it is very noteworthy to me, and we talk about this a lot on the show. The Browns gave him money. You know, they gave him real yeah. starter money. So he isn't going anywhere. Chubb isn't going anywhere. They love him.
0: On DLF, uh, Kareem Hunt is the RB18. He is behind Austin Eckler, another player who is uh, who is injured and, and out for a while. Behind Cam Akers, he's in front of Kenyon Drake, uh, who should be following yeah, uh, even, like stone, even further, right. in my
1: opinion. Listen to yesterday's episode to hear Ryan's
0: take on Drake. Oh, it's it's not good. Not so good. Uh, Also, just ahead of Antonio Gibson, another player who is on the rise. Uh, He's he's close to Drake in our ADP as well. Again, this is brand new October ADP. Kareem Hunt is RB19, so it's Drake. It's Terry McLaurin being drafted in that same range. Uh, Feels like a steal for him, honestly. Kareem Hunt and then a couple of Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, all being drafted in that same range early in the fourth round.
1: I like Hunt more than Acres, way more than Drake, certainly more than Gibson, and even with Eckler's injury, I still think I would prefer Eckler though.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we we did compare we compared Eckler and Hunt in our Twitter polls. We'll get to that soon. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was surprised by the results there. Uh, a few trades with Kareem Hunt, and um, I don't know these these are kind of all over the board, I guess. Yeah. Kareem Hunt for for T Higgins and a third rounder. Uh, Higgins has been impressive. AJ Green, I mean, guys, whew. yeah, it's it, bad. It it seems like it seems like it's over for AJ Green, and yeah. and T Higgins is benefiting from that. I, I'm torn on that one. I th- I think I'm taking Kareem Hunt there, but that's pretty close.
1: Higgins and Burrow could be a nice combination for a long time.
0: Yeah, I, I mean that that is essentially Hunt for T Higgins, even up that you mm-hmm. get the third rounder, but you, we know you can't. You can't count on that. It's nice to stack those picks, but uh, you're not you're not assuming anything there.
1: In a nutshell, I think that's very even, but it kind of depends where your team is. You know, if you're ready to win right now, you want Hunt.
0: Another uh, another trade involving a rookie wide receiver, Kareem Hunt, for Brandon Ayuk and two second rounders. I'm definitely taking the rookie in the seconds there.
1: Yeah. I'd rather have Ayuk in two seconds than T. Higgins in a third.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh others in the kind of in the same range, it looks like dynasty players are using those those mid round picks to get this running back that they can stick in their lineup. Kareem Hunt for Alan Lazard, two second rounders and a third rounder. Uh and then we'll we'll end with a big one.
1: I'll take Hunt on that side.
0: Uh yeah, I probably would as well. I mean you think Hunt Hunt for two seconds in the third is not far off. Right? Do you do you think he's worth a mid first? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So a yeah. mid first versus two seconds, not not bad again. Not you, bad.
1: And Lazard the, the, has a little bit of weight.
0: Yeah. Uh, last trade: Kareem Hunt and Derrick Henry for Saquon Barkley. We can we can imagine the type of yeah. uh, the the type of situation these two dynasty managers are in. Uh, one sitting with Barkley, trying to contend, trying to pick up the pieces gets a couple of starters for Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think I'm still on the Barkley side there. I, I like Henry. I like Kareem Hunt, but uh, I, I'd rather have the guy who could be the RB1.
1: I was about to say, I think that's a really good deal for both teams. You know, that, yeah. boy, I get to start Hunt and Henry the rest of the year and I'm pretty good. And then that other guy's like, I got Hunt and Henry off my roster. I don't have to start them. I'm going to get the first or second overall pick and pair him with Saquon Barkley for years ago.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's a good way to look at it as well. All right, let's get to those Twitter polls again. We've got about uh, ten running backs or so. Kareem Hunt had a little more success than DJ Moore. Uh, I threw James Conner. I threw your your Steeler in there as, as kind of yeah, just kind of a token, a pity vote. Twelve percent for James Conner. I'm surprised it was that high. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cam Akers, twenty two percent. Uh, we, He's he's been dealing with an injury and and uh, is off to a slow start of his own, and, and then there's Austin Eckler. We we know the injury; he's out for a while. Thirty seven percent, Kareem Hunt, the easy choice ahead of Austin Eckler. I think they, the
1: other they, way. It,
0: yeah, it feels like fifty fifty at at best to me. Mm-hmm. So that one surprised me. Everybody there has to be else, some recency bias there too for both. Sure. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Massive absolutely. Threat. Uh, every other running back in the uh, in the equation was the preference ahead of Kareem Hunt. That includes J.K. Dobbins at sixty two percent, Derrick Henry sixty five percent, Nick Chubb, uh, Hunt's Still. teammate, obviously sixty seven percent. I thought that would be closer. Joe Mixon seventy seven, Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones, both at eighty one, and Jonathan Taylor, the the runaway favorite of this. With eighty nine percent, so not only depending on how you how you view this, and uh, we, we don't want to get too strict with it, it's it's kind of a loose way to do rankings. But basically, Jonathan Taylor was was a larger favorite than than Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders. We talked about a little bit of concern with with Taylor earlier uh, yeah, earlier in the week.
1: I take Jones over Taylor and. I think Hunt versus Henry is a conversation.
0: Yeah, I, I do as well. I do as yeah. well. The um, we'll see. We'll see what the Titans look like when they uh, when they get back on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, when we come back, we are going to wrap things up with a couple of listener questions. All right, we're back. We've got two listener questions today. Both very interesting. Matt, do you play in any best ball leagues at all? No, I'm super intrigued.
1: I don't play DFS either. It's just I don't have enough time and I concentrate on other things. But I have great respect for it and think it would be fun. But no, I don't. So this is kind of up your alley, I think.
0: Yeah, I've got a few. This question comes from uh, Matthew Friedman, our buddy at Matt F. the Oracle on Twitter. Matt wanted to know, what are your thoughts on head-to-head best ball dynasty leagues? Uh, he points out everything is the same as usual. You still have waivers. You can still trade. Uh, the only real difference is your weekly matchups are decided by those optimal lineups. You don't have to set lineups. So this this really became an, uh, a popular conversation over the weekend. I don't know if you caught any of this, Matt, but you know at one point over the weekend we had we had lost the the Titans Steelers game the Patriots game was looking in doubt the mm. the, the Saints game was looking in doubt <laughs> right. yeah. and fan not just dynasty players but fantasy players all over were scrambling to to figure out what their lineup was going to look like who was going to be in there did they even have enough roster spots to pick up replacements uh, it, it was kind of a panic on, on Saturday and uh, we finally get some good news early on Sunday. But one thing that came from that, and I mentioned it on Twitter, I saw several others mention it as well, is just the idea of playing in best ball leagues rather than those those traditional leagues where you're setting a lineup every week. And, and I think it just comes down to what you really enjoy uh, the most about dynasty leagues. Maybe it's team building that we've talked about so much on here lately. And, and of course that involves drafting and trading and, and maybe even playing the waiver wire. Or do you, en- do you enjoy the, the weekly grind looking at those matchups, studying the numbers and trying to figure out who you're plugging into your lineup. And, and no matter how good you are, you know, you've always got one or two calls that, that don't go your way and, mm-hmm. and you're left. You know, you're left thinking, if I'd started this guy instead of this, I would have won. I would have pulled out that that game. I'm the better team, but I lost because of a a lineup decision. So kind of from the outside looking in, Matt, what do you think about that league format? Does that sound like something you'd be interested in?
1: Yeah, I'm really warming up to it. And I think your strategy would be a little different in rookie drafts. You might take that. Will Fuller, Deshaun Jackson type a little more that, hey, he might not hurt me that bad, but when he hits, he hits. You know, maybe KJ Hamler would go around earlier. People like that. Um, High upside dudes. And like you said, it kind of takes the regret out of it. Like, boy, if I would have only made, I was torn between these two and I picked the wrong one as always, and if I would have picked the other one, I would have won this week. So you kind of set it and forget it. Um, I'm real intrigued. I think it's a great idea.
0: Yeah, what you saw, I think, early on, and and by early on, I'm, I guess I'm talking three, four, or five years ago, when uh, when best ball leagues were really becoming popular uh, from a redraft perspective. You know, you had the the MFL tens that were huge, and uh, draft was was around for a couple of years, and and I think some of the other sites have have picked up on that and and continue to run those those best ball leagues, but when dy- when people kind of adapted that for dynasty what you saw is basically a draft and forget it type league you didn't have in-season waivers or maybe you didn't have waivers at all you you still had your rookie draft every off season but that's it no no waivers no trading and obviously no setting lineups and i think over the past couple of years there's kind of been a a place in the middle where you still do everything except set your lineup, and and it seems like those are becoming more and more popular. I love it. Early on, yeah, early on, I, I was I was really against those leagues because I, you know, I just never really checked them. I was in one or two, and I wouldn't even I would I would check them once a month maybe to see how I was how how my team was faring because I knew I couldn't do anything about it i can't make trades i can't pick up players off the waiver wire You're so making you those, had, you know,
1: right, right yeah right
0: yeah making those changes to make it feel like a, a more normal dynasty league just without the lineups i think is is a perfect compromise so good question from, i love it uh, that's awesome yeah yeah really good question from it. friedman there good topic that we uh, we don't talk enough uh, about on here that's cool Matt, let's wrap up with this. We got a lot of questions about determining if you're a contender. So we, we hit on this last week um, as well. But even after three weeks, it's kind of a tough decision to make. At this point, you're zero and four. You're one and three. Things are starting to become pretty clear. But uh, maybe if you're one and three, or certainly if you're two and two, you might have you might still be questioning. Can I make a run? Can I turn things around? When you're in that position in, in a dynasty league, what do you, uh, what do you do to try to decide, am I for real here, or is uh, are, are things really falling apart? And and we could look on the other end of that as well. You didn't think you would contend, but now you're undefeated, or you're three and one, and is trying to decide if yeah, is it real? Can yeah. I hang on?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously your record's where you start. If you're zero and four. You know, we're after. We're, now's the right time of the year to do it. You're a month in. It's put up or shut up time. It's crossroads time. Am I? Am I a contender? Am I a productive struggler? Or could I ride the fence and we'll just keep churning along and see how it goes and make that decision a week or two or three from now? Because you really do need to make that decision. Um, I obviously your record's where you start, and if you're zero and four unless your team is just flat-out awesome and you haven't, because of injuries, you just have not been able to uh, get your bright people in because they've been hurt, or you've played against a team that won the week two out of three times or something like that, you know, bad luck, then you're probably done, obviously. And basically the same's true for one and three, but if you still have McCaffrey and Godwin and some studs out there that you haven't gotten much out of, I don't think you give up the ship yet
0: yeah you you do have to start with your record. I think you look at total points hopefully in your yeah. dynasty league, you have uh at least one playoff spot that is reserved for the highest uh the highest scoring team that didn't earn one with their record uh, i had uh, I had a team in one of my leagues last year that was actually in last place according to uh, win-loss. the win loss record yeah. <laughs> but they they got in the playoffs because of that total points so you you have to look at that. And then you start looking at not only your own roster, which I think we're all doing all the time anyway, but you start looking at some of the other rosters uh, ahead of you. You know, maybe maybe they just lost Austin Eckler and, and Nick Chubb, and uh, that that's going to help you, obviously. So uh, you've got to look at look at how teams are scoring, not only your own team but every team. Look at those other rosters, and then. Matt, like you said, you, you've got to make the decision. So if you, if you do decide this is not the year, you, you've got to start making moves. you got to start mm-hmm. making moves. We talked about some of those last week. If you did not listen, go back. We gave you some targets on players to, uh, players to look for both buying and selling when it comes to, to, to turning to a rebuild or to, or to giving up on the season, I guess.
1: Yeah, you made a really good point about looking at the other rosters. Because I think all of us, or many of us, have been in leagues where there's one team that's just, wow. You know, everything has come together. Or often there's two teams, and it's almost like the Niners and Cowboys in the 90s when I was growing up. Like, the Super Bowl doesn't matter. Whoever wins that game is going to win this whole thing. No one in the AFC can compete. These two teams are on a collision course for each other in my Dynasty League. Or if one get bumped off, the other one's just going to moonwalk to the championship. And if you're not one of those two, you might just say, yeah, if I'm on the fence, I'm leaning towards getting out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Always a tough decision. You don't want to give up on the season a month in, but you, you've got to start making some moves. It is the Dynasty League, and you're trying to make your team better for the long run. Matt, that will do it for today. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.